are you, my lovely lady? Not bad. My my back porch is spooky right now. You decorated it? I painted, well, my girlfriend Sam and I went and got pumpkins on the weekend and uh, carved them. But you know what's super fun and satisfying? No, I've Using- never... I've never had fun or been satisfied. Tell me. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, no, drill like using a drill to uh, put holes in the pumpkin. So you cut, you like gut it, and then you drill holes. So then it will like be like a little lantern, but instead of like a smiley face or whatever. I'm not gonna lie. This sounds like lesbian pumpkin carving to me lesbian pumpkin carving yeah like the homesteading meets diy project oh but mine is power tool uh yeah okay okay but yeah so that was really satisfying so yeah we went uh pumpkin picking and so then we uh drilled and painted and got glitter everywhere and pumpkin guts everywhere but it was fantastic. So now um, every time I turn the lights on, uh, like I did a Halloween wreath too. And so anytime I do that, I'm like, oh, so spooky. (laughs) And I'm pretty sure um, my neighbor thinks I'm crazy now because I said it really loud, just like that outside when I first did it. And she was outside. So... (laughs) So now she knows I'm crazy because I'm yeah. sure she listens to the podcast and she's just like, I don't know. I can't tell if she's crazy or not. I was just and then she heard, say, me, she heard me doing my weird voice. I was going to say that. She probably listens to the podcast and she's like, stop, Megan, you're not crazy. But yeah. then she heard that and I was like, no, yeah, I get it. No, no. Yeah. Now I get it. All right. So by the way, um, my friend slash um, co-dancer slash um, nail girl, Sabrina, she was going to leave a message, but she can't figure out how to do it. So I'm going to tell you what she was going to say. She doesn't eat the pointy fries either. This is and she- blasphemy. And you know what? You're lying because it's so easy to leave a message on Anchor. So obviously you just made this up. I did not. And she says she doesn't, and then, well, because she was telling us in class, she says she doesn't even feed her kids the pointy fries. You guys are, there's two things I have to say. One is, this is garbage. And two, (laughs) no, I also find this questionable because no good mother in her right mind would instill this kind of crazy fear of pointy fries into her children. So, Can you read that? No, No, sadly, I I can't read that. Okay, I'm going to scream photoshopped bullshit pretend text that you just tried to show me pretending that you had evidence well, that you're not the only I have evidence and I'm actually going to screenshot it and she says she and with the date and everything and I'm going to send it to you right now on Facebook Messenger whoever sent that message sure believes in hell are you superstitious I am are you like yeah like, okay, for me, I understand people say not to walk under a ladder for safety reasons, but I find that, like, super bad luck. So, like, broken mirror, walking under a ladder. I have taken a detour to avoid a black cat that crossed my path. Like, I seriously turned down a different road to go around. 
um, spilled salt. Um, what else? Also about like the itchy palms. What's the itchy palm thing? That um, I can't remember. I think left is if your left palm itches, it means you're going to be losing money. And if your right palm itches, it means you're going to be getting money. I have, I have the, like the louder, the mirror and the black cat thing. Just, I don't know if I'm believe it, but I believe that I've been conditioned to avoid those <laughs> things. I don't give it a lot of thought and I'm not like, oh my God, but like, I have definitely sort of challenged myself before and been like, just, just, just walk under it. And then I'm like, mm, nah. Because uh, this could be it. Yeah. I, and my other, my actual superstitions are more like, well, like I have mostly stuff around like, well, first of all, I have New Year's, so like I get super freaked out if on New Year's Eve, like I don't want to ring in the New Year with like dirty house, dirty laundry, piles of garbage that hasn't okay. been taken out. So, like I have a really, it's really annoying. It's my late ex-husband or whatever, <laughs> whatever you call those guys that make babies with you. Um <laughs> He, uh, baby daddies right that um he like got it in my head that whatever you're doing at midnight sort of is symbolic of how the year is going to play out for you and somehow I exaggerated that into more and more every year into like that includes like how you look and that includes like the state of your house and that includes the state of your finances and that includes where you're at in life so I have like this incredible pressure the month of December to try and like align everything in my life, which I never actually do. Cause that's impossible. And then the days, the two days before new year's, like I spent a lot of time doing laundry and doing my, making sure my nails are done and my hair is good yeah. and my, you know, whatever, just organizing my stuff. And it's stressful. And then I have kind of a similar one, like on my birthday, I don't want to ring my birthday in with my life in complete disarray or hair. And then it's well, a good thing that I showed up for your birthday. What? That's the thing. Oh, that I ruined. <laughs> <laughs> that's the problem. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> that's why so far this year is totally dive bombed. We um, kept our distance though. We did. We did very good. Um, and I think I have other superstitions, but they're, I'm trying to think, like, I know I do have a bunch, but they usually come up. Okay. To be fair, I'm not sure if it's superstition or if it's like my OCD. <laughs> Maybe I should, <laughs> I should clarify that. <laughs> I do have like some occasional weird things where it's like, if I don't do this, okay, no, yeah, it's OCD. Forget it. Let's just skip that. <laughs> Never mind. But the, <laughs> the other stuff is real. It's, it's just, uh, those are superstitions. The salt thing I never really gave much thought to. No. Um, I also um, don't put new shoes on the table, like to rest them on the table. Only dirty shoes? Well, used shoes, I guess. But you're not supposed, you know, like if you come home or whatever and you just bought new shoes, like don't put them on the table. Why? Bring death to a loved one. Did you make that up? Did not. No. I think that one's from England. 
my girlfriend from England told me about that one. So as soon as she told me that, I was just like, nope. And um, I was like looking at different superstitions today. And um, apparently whistling indoors invites evil. But that's like in Lithuania. So I don't know if that would count for here because I whistle all the time, which Jesse thinks that's not a girl thing to do. He thinks it's really weird that I whistle all the time. Joanne whistles and she does it in this really weird menacing way that makes me feel like she's like up to something evil. So that makes sense to me. So am I a lesbian? That's pretty much the moral of this episode. (laughs) Because I'm whistling and using power tools. To on do your on a to do crafts, yes. You're still you're in the closet because you're still calling it crafts, and you haven't started calling it projects. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. But my grandmother used to be super, super, super superstitious. Superstitious. Super. Super superstitious. Superstitious. Like my mom said that if she put on a piece, like if she put a shirt on and it was inside out you couldn't wear it. You had to take it out and you had to change your shirt. Weird. I heard that before. I heard somebody recently saying that if they, it was probably you. Um, I heard somebody recently saying, Megan, it's not because I think that you would do this. Okay. It's because I don't talk to anyone else except for you and my five therapists. Okay. Um, They said that once they put their shirt on, if it's inside out, they just have to keep wearing it like that. They don't even take it off. Oh, but it's done. Like, that's it. You can't take it off and put it back on the right way because that creates havoc. And Jesse's grandfather used to be superstitious too. And if he forgot something, like if they were going to leave somewhere and he forgot something in the house and he had to go back and get it, there was like he had to be there for a certain amount of time before he could come back out. And Jesse's grandmother said it would drive her nuts because if he forgot something, he'd have to go inside. And I don't know if it was like a minute or what it was. But he would like sit inside. How do you know the difference between superstition and obsessive compulsive disorder? Okay, well, I, well, oh, and the umbrella one. Oh, yeah, that one. I don't do that. Yeah, no, no, same. No, no, no. It same. freaks me out if I see someone do it. Like if I'm at work and, you know, someone opens their umbrella to like shake the water off inside. I was like, what are you doing? No, 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 no. Same. And again, it's not even, I don't even know if I'm convinced that something bad will happen. It's just that I'm not convinced that it won't. And like, I don't, I guess it was more like a game as a kid, but you know, it's like, you don't step on a crack. Yeah. Like, I don't think it's going to break my mother's back, but every now and then I'll catch myself trying to avoid cracks. Yeah. It's like almost a habit now. Yeah. And why tempt, like why tempt that? What, What, just on the off chance that it's real. Why, why? give our mothers one more reason to (laughs) so did you find any other interesting superstitions yeah um oh yeah another one that uh what we we were watching something and they were saying you don't sit at the corner of a table if you're single because then you'll never get married what really yeah or if you sit at the corner and you are married um you could be barren or the positive spin is if you don't ever want to get married or have kids always sit at the corner Mm, i like it um what other ones don't enter a room with your left foot okay that's too much work I can't keep track of that yeah exactly I'll end up tripping over myself oh here's one for you eat grapes on New Year's Eve oh yeah that one I knew oh 
la di da hide your thumbs when passing a graveyard see i was told what yeah i was told that you had to hold your breath when you drove by a, a graveyard i used to hold your breath when you went over a bridge or over train tracks or under no. an overpass or something I can't even no, you, no you lifted your feet when you go over train tracks oh man megan there's too many things to keep track of it's very hard work to be superstitious i remember all these things i ser to this day i still hold my breath going by by uh, graveyards now i just hold my breath every time someone walks past me so that they don't give me covid19 mm. i also don't step on manholes apparently that's a superstition Instead of like the step on a crack and break your mother's back, that's their version. So what is it? Step on a manhole and what happens? Um, well, it says if you step on one with that has a letter A, it will bring you a broken heart and bad luck. Me, I don't step on manholes because I have this fear that, and I guess bad luck, that I would fall through. I was going to say, I don't step on manholes because I live in Montreal and I don't trust that it won't fall through. Mm, yeah. Um, in Japan... They say not to trim your nails at night because that can cause premature death. Here's, <laughs> don't jump over a child. <laughs> what? Who jumps over children? I don't know, but maybe I should start. But no, it says doing this will curse them to be short. Oh my God. Do you think my parents jumped over me? God, they were pretty irresponsible. It was the seventies. They were 20 ish. I'm the only short person in our family. I swear. I bet they jumped over me. I can ask my mom because she's five foot. So I can ask her if she wouldn't remember if her parents jumped over her when she was an infant. Maybe. Well, no, it says children. Oh, right. I don't know oh. why. I <laughs> just because all the children in my family reached their full height potential at age two. So I just uh, assumed, oh, okay. I assumed it, was, it was when they were infants. All right. So, um, I found us an anti-aging trick. Oh. Superstitious. Um, apparently, if we keep an acorn in our pocket, it will ensure a youthful complexion. So I got to find me some. I'm going to get me an acorn. Man, I wish I'd known that. There are so many acorns littering the grass at the cottage because we have a bazillion little chipmunks and squirrels throwing them everywhere. I would have gathered up barrels of them and sold them on Etsy. <laughs> oh, I love it. Please. As an anti-aging. Um, what about Friday the 13th? So Friday the 13th, I notice it and I go, hey, it's Friday the 13th. That's when people like to put on punk rock shows and go to scary movies but it doesn't freak me out does it freak you out it doesn't freak me out but if anything goes wrong i'll be like oh yeah makes sense <laughs> makes sense things go wrong often enough in my life that i don't pay attention to what day it is <laughs> no i i think i'm just i'm more cautious on friday the 13th mm. like i won't tempt fate or anything right. you know i won't um i don't know i'll be extra careful when i'm driving or i don't know and um what about knocking on wood um i don't do it but i do here's something weird i don't knock on wood but when i see someone else knocking on like a melamine desk or something and yeah. saying 
and saying knock on wood at the same time, it stresses me out. And I'm like, now you have to go find real wood. What is if you, <laughs> my friend and coworker, Audrey, she, um, she knocks her own head when she says knock on wood. See, that would stress me out. I'd be like, we have to find you some actual wood. You need hard wood because you said, because <laughs> you're going to say knock on wood. Like, I don't feel like you have to say knock on wood, but if you say it and then you knock on something that's not actually wood, then that's where the problem is created. That's mm. where the, the bad luck. You I know want- Audrey. Yeah. I, I know Audrey okay. does want wood. Is this a sex thing? <laughs> I just totally turned it into a sex thing. You're such um, a dork, Megan. I know. Um, another one is come in threes. I believe in that. <laughs> Sorry. Every- okay, but not in a sexual way. <laughs> you, only- you, you made it sexual and then said that immediately after. I did not make, no, but you know, like bad luck comes in threes. Uh-huh. So if something bad happens and it's like two things, it's like, okay, I have one more. Oh, I'm really superstitious that if something good happens, like really good, that for sure something way, way worse is about to happen. I think that's just being a pessimist. Okay. Right. Cause I'm always waiting for the other shoe to drop. Okay. I could, call, that's the name I could have as for my biography. Waiting for the other my, shoe to drop? Yeah. Do you think, well, but I don't want to like, you know, add too much structure to this episode, but I do want to point out the fact that I think that that's why, that's part of why a lot of us creative type people get nervous sometimes to complete things. Cause we have that weird feeling that if we, we are, if we succeed and we put it out there, then something bad will happen. Yeah. Yeah. Not because we're superstitious or anything, but because what did you say? Oh, because we're pessimists. Yeah. That. So the fear, not just the fear of success, because I hear that a lot. You're afraid that you will succeed. You're just afraid of success. And I'm like, no, I'm pretty no. much afraid of the failure that will quickly and exactly. immediately afterwards. Well, exactly. It's like if you're f- afraid of success. No, that's what I'm going for. <laughs> oh no, I'm going to be awesome. What am I going to do? Everyone's going to love me. Oh. I'm finally going to be popular. Hmm. Yeah. What? I'm going to have money and not have to wonder where I'm getting my rent money from. That's. I hate this. Drag. Oh. It's Halloween. So speaking of superstitions. What oh about- my God. I love Halloween. <laughs> What about rituals? Do you have rituals? Uh, like not surrounding Halloween, right? Either one. Yes or no. Um, let's see. No. You have no rituals at all? I don't think so. Not that I can think of. I mean, probably when I was younger, Mm -hmm. but it's like, now it's like, you know, if there's no birthday cake and candles, that's okay. Well, no, it's not okay because that means I didn't get cake. Do you feel like you have to um, make a wish when you blow your candles? Yes, and it stresses me out. Like, you know your birthday's here. You have the cake. You know there's going to be a candle. And you know they're going to tell you to blow it out. Right. So why don't you have a wish ready, prepared? Exactly. Yeah. It's like, I'm going through my head going, oh my God, it has to be the right one. I have to pick just the right, you know, 
and not not raise the bar too high in case it doesn't happen. <laughs> Don't just set yourself up for disappointment on your birthday. Exactly. But that's also being a pessimist. So um what about do you believe that if you tell someone your wish that it won't come true? Yes. Okay. You? Yeah, I think if I tell someone my wish, it won't come true. But to be honest, I feel like I'm like that all the time. Like not just a birthday wish. I just feel like when I have something exciting or new that I'm working on, I feel like if I tell anyone about it, it will ruin it and it won't happen. Mm. Oh, and uh, what about wishing on a shooting star? Have you ever seen a shooting star and thought to wish? I usually see the shooting star and then afterwards go, oh shit, I should have wished. <laughs> I should have wished on it. Wish I would have wished. I wish at I would have wished. Time. <laughs> yeah. It's obvious it's it's a lot easier to see them out here. Like I remember as a kid seeing them all the time. Did you wish on them? Yeah, all the time. Uh, what about um, like having your palms read, tarot cards, um, tea leaves? So I want so- you. You're supposed to read my tea leaves. I should have had tea before we did this, but I didn't think of it. Oh, I'm drying uh, blackberry leaves to make blackberry tea. Oh, nice. Blackberry leaf tea. Yes. Um, my mom's great aunt used to read tea leaves and she wouldn't read to anyone that was under 18. So my mom actually never got her leaves read. I did her cards and she's like, oh, it, it speaks to me. Makes sense. Perfect. So then I go to read her tea leaves and everything I pick out, it was so negative. <laughs> it was so ne- And my mom's like, yeah, thanks for this. I'm just going to go have anxiety while you go home now. It was like someone uh, in your life is lying to you. Um, <laughs> be careful who you trust. Um, someone from the dead is going to try to guide you in the right way. Like it was all very dark. And then my mom tells me that one night she couldn't sleep and she had like, uh, what was it? I don't know. Something started freaking her out. And then she was like, Oh my God, it's from the tea leaves. Megan talked about death. Am I dying? Like she started getting, Oh my God. You gave her a panic attack. I know my poor mom. Well, I'm already expecting everything bad to happen in the world. So I will. And I don't sleep at night anyway. So I'm fine. It's fine. Well, I mean, it's 2020. So, well, okay. So tea leaves. So hopefully a cup of tea will manifest itself. In the meantime, here's what else. Here is what I do. Okay. So first of all, for ritual, for when I remember and I have time and space to do this, um, for the full moon, I do try and like, do like either do a moon circle with some other people or I just like write down some of the stuff that no longer serves me and kind of meditate on it and then I'll like light it on fire outside and kind of like goodbye and then for the new moon do like I'll write intentions or do some kind of meditation or visualization or whatever to do with intention and I got this book I was so excited about it it's called the illustrated herbiary and it's Maya Toll I'm gonna show it to you and I got it and I love it so much and the illustrations are so gorgeous and I really just got it for the book look Megan 
Oh, it's so pretty. I know, but what I didn't even realize when I bought the book is that it comes with oracle cards, but they're all, each one has herbs on it. And oh. yeah, so what I thought was, I know that you do cards also. And yes. I thought it'd be cool if, what kind of cards do you have? I have oracle cards. Yeah, but what kind? Because mine are called oracle cards, but they're like oh, mine is the star seed oracle. Nice. Um, when Jesse and I were in England and we were driving um, through the countryside, we were listening to this radio show, and the guy's like, "We have a magician on the show today," and the magician starts doing some sort of trick, and the guy's like, "Oh my god, guys! I know you can't see, but he's actually doing it." Like, why would you have a magician on a radio show? So that's just making me think it's just like, we're going to read each other's cards on a podcast that no one can see. Who cares? We're going to tell people what they, what they are. But yeah, look, look how pretty these are. They're beautiful. I love them. So when you pull your cards, how many do you do? Um, Well, I can do between one and uh, six. So right I, now, I, I do two. I find that's the easiest thing that I'm learning right now. So I usually do four. Hmm. But So what is your two? Like when you pull two cards, what is it for you? Um, so the two um, cards is the soul whispers. So one card is um, what your soul wants you to know. And then the other card is the action you should take. Amazing. So... Okay, wait. First, I'm going to light this. I have this sage and I'm lighting it on fire. Oh, I know you guys can't see this, but she's really doing it. She's really doing it. So I'm taking my energy out of the cards by waving them in the the smoke of the sage. Like I'm smudging the cards. No more Jen. Okay. Get out, Jen. Give them a good tap. Now, usually I shuffle them until I feel like the right card is on the top. Okay. So you would tell me to stop when you feel like the moment is right. No. Okay. So is this first card would signify what you told, you told me there's two cards. One is, Oh, what your soul is trying to tell you. Yes. And then the action you need to take. Okay. So now we're going to do the action you need to take. Are you ready? Okay. Okay. So again, you're going to tell me when to stop when you think it's right. I can't see. You just have to feel Megan. I know, but I, no one on the podcast can see either yes right there yeah okay so i'm going to tell you that uh oh (laughs) (laughs) how is there a death card in this this (laughs) (laughs) you got the deadly nightshade no i'm just kidding uh okay so the the one that your soul wants you to see is that what you said you got the plantain so i'm going to show it to you it's so beautiful plantain and the message is rewild uh oh megan's soul wants to go wild so i'm gonna read this to you and then you can interpret this however you need to says plantain rewild if you let her plantain will share stories of wagon trains and ocean crossings and alexander's shenanigans in egypt given a chance she'll make a traveler of you drawing you gently out of your comfort zone, moving you from safe to the edge of the wild, pushing the boundaries of civilized behavior and laughing at your scruples. It will start with a small thing, 
Plantain might offer a leaf to ease a sting or the itch of poison ivy. Just chew it and spit it on the bite, she'll encourage. While your inner wild child smiles gleefully at this baby step away from being civilized. Then it says, remember the basics. Remember when you were a kid and you would lie on the ground feeling the grass tickle on your back and the sun warm your face. Remember when rolling log lake down a hill was the perfect afternoon activity. Plantain doesn't ask you to step away from your true self and into an unknown version of you. She asks instead that you dust off the unruly and slightly wild but deeply connected side of yourself that gets pushed into the background when you're busy being an adult. She reminds you of your childlike wonder and joy in the basics. Okay, so this okay. is the message your soul has for you right now. Okay. And then the second card is nettle. Oh dear. <laughs> and it says, pay attention. I want to see the picture. Yeah, it's a bit scarier, but it's still beautiful. Yeah, that's... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. It's a giant eyeball, but just listen. It's not bad. It's not okay. Bad. <laughs> it's not terrible. Um, so the nettle, pay attention. I'm paying attention. If we do not know the names of the plants around us, if we do not acknowledge the individualistic curl of a leaf or creep of a rhizome, they all run together and look like a wall of greenery. That's when we humans start to generalize lumping anything without a showy flower into a category of weed. Nettle will have none of this. Pay attention, she admonishes. We're all different and we are all unique. When you acknowledge Nettle's individuality and treat her with thoughtful respect, she will let you close. But forget yourself and sh you won't forget her sting. Nettle reminds you to see individuality and treat the world around you accordingly. If nettle is pricking you, pause and pay greater attention. And then it says, <laughs> oh, <laughs> it says you're in favor. No, I'm just kidding. Oh. No, I'm, I'm joking. It gives you a ritual if you want. And the ritual, oh, so we we're just talking about rituals if you haven't. So it says, make this your ritual today. See the people around you as unique individuals walk through the world with presence, acknowledging in your heart, your family, the people with whom you work with or study, the folks standing in line with you at the market. In your mind, say two unique things about every person that you meet. When you slip into your internal world, that place where other people become a bit blurry, consciously pull yourself back to being externally present. As you focus outward, imagine every cell in your body being aware of the details of life around you. Does any of that mean anything to you? Yes. Really? Yeah. But I'm not telling. <laughs> you shouldn't. <laughs> you shouldn't. So do you want to choose your cards the same way that I chose my cards? Sure. So whichever ones speak to you. Okay. 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 Are you ready for the second one? Yeah. Okay. That one. Is this your card? <laughs> <laughs> so also what's really cool about my um, box is that you use the box to do the reading so you, you set up the cards in a certain way oh nice uh, okay so your first card just one second um do i know my alphabet i do okay so this one oh. i remember 
Isn't it pretty? It's beautiful. Okay, so this is what your soul is trying to tell you. Uh, there was a moment before you were born when you chose the conditions of the life you're living right now, when you plotted out these exact moments along the timeline of your life. We live in a world of free will, and therefore these moments become our destiny only through saying yes. The fated life is the one we were born into. The destiny life is the one we our soul chooses, and it takes courage and faith. If you pull this card, it's because you're likely now to face, uh, you're likely now face to face with the choice to follow destiny life over fated life. If you trust the path your soul is calling you towards and to remember that this moment was prearranged on your life's timeline, you may find yourself at a crossroads at a moment when you're being called to make a decision to keep walking the perfectly laid out path before you or choose the one less traveled. You may be facing a change of career a new relationship, a difficult decision, or something else that requires courage and faith. You're being invited to remember your soul's greater plan and to surrender to it. When you're confronted with a path that's undefined, it's normal for doubt to rear its head. In fact, there, this is a certain sign that you're facing your soul's greater plan. Every hero in his or her life journey comes eye to eye with, uh, with doubt. The only way around it is through it. It's all part of the larger plan. Yeah. <laughs> and then no comment no comment and then uh this is the action that your soul wants you to take oh wait oh, oh. Ooh. Ooh. a new earth yes okay i don't even know what that says but i'm already excited <laughs> so a new earth it's happening keep holding the vision don't give up now. You're closer than you think. I know it's hard to hold the frequency of a new age when it feels as if so much is crumbling and so many are losing faith. This is your sign that you're facing the right direction. You have a great gift in being able to see the potential of things before they exist. Tend to the new seeds, dream them into existence. Don't lose faith now. Keep your focus fixed. Planting new seeds and bringing about a shift of ages is no mean feat. It requires extreme trust and radical vision. If you pull this card, it's a reminder to have faith. You chose to be here to be part of this global shift. Whether you're bringing it about through prayer, meditation, or through working on a new project, job, or creation, keep going. It's happening. Don't give up now. The world needs more dreamers like you, more people with hope in their hearts. The road ahead may not be plain sailing, ushering in a new age in time of change never is. You're being encouraged to remember that, you're, uh, that you've been working towards for so long is almost here. Don't question yourself now. Don't waver. Dig your devotion deep. For if you do in the not too distant future, you'll be able to sit back and watch all that you've carefully planted and nurtured grow and bloom. It's possible. Keep focusing on your dreams. You're closer than you think. <laughs> All right, so it is going to be Halloween, uh, like four seconds after. Let's see, this this um, episode comes out on the twenty first. Okay, and so, yeah. but roughly a week later is Halloween. So, do you have any like special stuff that you do on Halloween? I mean, it's definitely going to be different this year, but um, usually wear a costume to either a party or to work at least. We don't get trick-or-treaters here because we're not in the right like part of town. We have a lot of duplexes and apartments. So kids go more towards like the center of town where it's a whole bunch of 
um, houses. Mm-hmm. Um, but my sister and I usually watch Hocus Pocus together. That's usually like our thing. Other than that, like I'll try to watch a few, like not scary, scary movies because I'm a chicken. Like I don't want anything popping out at me. Right. Like it. I, I cannot do it. And I mean, clowns, like, come on. Um, and then I usually like do some kind of baking with like Halloween themes. So like pumpkin spice cookies and oh, nice. And, yeah. But when I was growing, like when I was a kid, um, since my birthday is only a few days before Halloween, we always, I always got to have costume parties. Yeah. So it was really fun because then, you know, you got to wear your costume more than once and without a snowsuit underneath. <laughs> Which is so dumb. Like, you know, our parents would let us swim in a lake or pool when it was freezing and our lips would be blue. Like that, <laughs> that was fine. Well, because we were kids, like we didn't care about how cold it was. They're like, your lips are blue, but they would still let us do it, you know? But then it's like, oh, it's Halloween. Oh, you're really pretty as Cinderella, but now you're going to have to put this one piece like fluorescent pink 80s snowsuit. <laughs> like, how are you supposed to feel good about your costume? Like, how are you supposed to be a princess like that? You can't. I remember always wanting to be the dumbest stuff when I was young, like a baby. So like, like in a baby doll dress with a so around my neck and my mom would be like wrestling a winter coat on me and I'm like no no it's gonna see me in costume and she would try and make me costumes that were like super amazing and and warm so like like one year I don't know what she made me like the scarecrow so there was like hay sticking out of my sleeves and I guess it was gonna keep me warm, but it was so itchy and it was probably the year like she probably worked 87 hours sewing this costume and I was like I want to be a baby instead and like <laughs> you can be a baby scarecrow <laughs> she made me like a beautiful um like a tin soldier costume with a like beautiful silver button oh. like really beautiful and then like I probably just want to be a puppy or whatever in the end and I was just so evil and I just thought she was so unreasonable to not understand. But then my youngest daughter did the same thing to me every year. She would be like, I want to be a dragonfly. So I would work tirelessly for days, hand sewing the most intricate costume for her. And then on Halloween, without fail, it'd be like, I just want to be a kitty cat. Draw some whiskers on me. Pretty much crying because she didn't want to go out in her amazing costume. And I'd have to, and I I never had the will to to say no. So then I'd just be quickly in trying to make cat ears out of whatever's in the house. And anyway, so. um, my My mom made our costumes all the time. And I don't think I ever had one where I was like, this is not what I want. I know my sister makes a big deal about, <laughs> there's a picture of me as a princess. And I have like, you know, like the fairy tale kind of thing where it's like the big cone hat and has the veil on the back. Yeah. Yeah. And my mom made my sister a jester costume. <laughs> so you got to be this like medieval princess. Yeah. But I mean, my sister was like two 
but still, it's pretty funny. Um, one year I made Julia a moth costume that was pretty amazing. I'm pretty proud of that. Yeah. Do you have pictures of that? I do. Like Julia was a moth and Anika was a clown. They were so cute. I have a picture somewhere. I'll show you. Um, but now as an adult, my Halloween, well, sometimes I try and be deep and have like a Samhain sort of ritual of like lighting a candle and honoring, you know, my ancestors and whatever, but really I do go through those motions a lot of the time, but what's really the main thing that's happening is that I'm just buying tons of candy for kids. I barely get anyone who comes to the door, but I always buy like super expensive, really nice Halloween candy because I want the kids to think I'm cool. And because I hated getting raisins when I was little. So I was like, I didn't mind that. I I hated the, um, Oh, it's awful. They're, they were, all the old people gave them to oh, us. Oh, man, I know what you're going to um, say. I love them. They're those little molasses candies with the cat on them. Well, they were like yellow wrapper and it had yeah. like witches on brooms and stuff. Yes. Oh, are you serious? You're like yeah. the only person then. I don't know what's wrong with me. They're like rock hard little squares of molasses, basically. Yeah. Because I don't love like, sweet stuff. That's why. That so there was that that sucked about trick or treating and carrying around the UNICEF box that all the old people mm-hmm. would collect all the pennies and make sure that they like weighed you down and they never had the pennies ready close by the door they always had to invite you in and then it's like and then one they- two yes three Ugh. I do remember being in tears, my fingers freezing and trembling, carrying my stupid UNICEF box around. I do remember that. Um, anyway, so yes, my super deep witchy holiday tradition would be to like maybe mull some wine or have a really nice wine, light a candle for Samhain, and then actually just sit on the couch eating all the candy that the kids are not going to come and get. I like that. When my kids were younger, though, they used to, we lived in a neighborhood that had tons of kids coming. So they would come home with their Halloween candy and I would have to start giving out their candy because we had run out. So then they would go back out and get more and stuff. Yeah. But it was kind of fun. Like they were into it. And I used to watch scary movies, but here's the thing. The ones that you don't like, like the jumping out freaky ones they don't scare me and the gory ones don't scare me but I hate the ones that could be real Mm, yeah I don't like the ones about actual psychopaths stalkers um I don't even like the ghost ones because I even feel like they like skeleton key and stuff like that freaks me out like it's just a bit too possible in my head so Mm. that stuff like keeps me awake at night but I can watch the ones where it's like boo like something gross weird I can't really watch like stuff by Stephen King because a lot of it feels like too real too like what was the one where like there was actually one where like the world is hit by some kind of pandemic and no no one exists in this is there one where there's like a town and there's almost no one left in it because a bunch of people got sick or something weird like that was that Stephen King do you know what I'm talking about? You mean about? the year 2020? So as soon as COVID hit, I was like, wow, 
We're in a Stephen King novel. That's great. I think it was his. I feel really dumb for not remembering. Okay, Stephen oh. King's The Stand. The Stand is a post-apocalyptic dark fantasy novel written by American author Stephen King and first published in 1978. The plot centers on a pandemic of a weaponized strain of influenza that kills almost the entire world population. Hello. <laughs> yeah. Well, did you see that meme where they say 2020 was written by Stephen King and directed by Quentin Tarantino? <laughs> no, but that's exactly it. Oh my God. Hey, Megan. What? I love you. Because I felt like we talked about everything, but we didn't because... Do you have a crazy creative or a crazy or a creative or a crazy and a creative this week? Uh, yeah. So I've cut out three. Do I have three patterns or only two patterns? Oh, no. Three outfits. Three Halloween-themed outfits. Um, two of them are three-quarters of the way done, and <laughs> now I'm working on the third one instead of finishing the other two. So I can't tell so if this that. is crazy or creative. That's creative. It, it's definitely a mix. Okay. Um, but on the other hand, I did finish like these super cute thirties, um, like, uh, like capris, but they're really wide leg and they're super cute. They have like, um, like button up like sailor buttons yes that's exactly I have a pattern for those too and I started making them five years ago I bet I'm not that size anymore I haven't finished them yet so yeah so that was that goes with the crazy and the creative because I finished them super cute they're like a mustard colored so it was like perfect today because it was like 20 degrees outside and it's all fall colors the crazy part was when I realized I was in the bathroom at work for much longer than I should have been because I had all the buttons to undo and the snaps <laughs> and the belt because I couldn't just easily. Yeah. Cause at one point I'm just, I start laughing to myself in the bathroom going, is Audrey going to wonder where I've gone? And then how long have I been in here for? <laughs> These are really cute though. So, <laughs> but maybe don't have a, a cup of tea this afternoon because you've already gone to the bathroom once. So <laughs> that's my crazy. Oh, also, um, I have to set a date for, um, to write the short story thing and to have you as my, um, what do you call it? Person. Right. Accountability. Accountability. Yes. Okay. Do you have a rough idea of when you want that date to be? Or are you just saying it out loud that it needs I, to happen? I'm saying it out loud so I can remember. Okay. And what about you, my dear Jennifer? Um, my creative is that, so because I am going to school online with the Alternative Medicine College of Canada. Um, and I have done my nutrition certificate and stuff for plant-based. And I'm working on my business for um, nutritherapy and co- nutrition coaching. I have all this marketing stuff to do that I cannot stand doing. I hate salesy stuff. 
it really depresses me and makes me sad. And I have a creative consultant who is an amazing, amazing, amazing person. Her name is Delaney Fisher, and she is going to be a guest on our podcast very soon. So no one should miss that one. Um, She gave me a tip to go find one of those apps or programs where you can pre-plan all your Instagram posts. Okay. So you can see what it's going to look like when it's all laid out in advance. And I found one that I love and it's so fun because now I feel like I'm doing something artistic because I'm laying out all the pictures and then pre-writing the captions and stuff. And I get to see it as though it was on your phone, like already all the posts. Oh, cool. Together. So um, I do like a week in advance now. So it makes me feel less like, oh, this is like marketing, blah, blah, that I don't care about. It makes me feel more like I'm doing, ah, that's right, collage. And we know how much I love those. (laughs) Woo! So I've I've got a way to (laughs) to (laughs) make the marketing stuff feel a bit more creative. And I'm having so much fun with that. Plus, it saves me a ton of time because I actually just like spend an hour or two doing that one day instead of every day trying to find my right. content and write about it and figure out what hashtags to use. Like I'm not, and then go down the rabbit hole of like spending too much time looking at other people's stuff and whatever else. So super fun. Speaking of looks like a collage, my crazy is <laughs> remember last <laughs> episode when we were talking to Nat and I told you guys that I was going to make that my crazy then was that I was going to make a collage that was kind of like a motivational vision board. Like the one that's behind you. (laughs) Well, (laughs) and then remember how I decided I wasn't going to do it because it might just actually depress me and make me like a giant loser instead of getting motivated. Okay. So that happened anyway. I have a problem. Is, the, have, is that a, a flower? I have a, on it? Can I have a collage problem? Okay. I really Let's like not it. Analyze anything. Let's just talk about that. I have a collaging problem, and I haven't told my therapist. Sorry, my team of therapists about my, my collaging problem. <laughs> Oh my God. My homework this week. Did I tell you my homework this week is to like not go to Fantasy Island? Like I'm not allowed oh. to hang out on Fantasy Island this week. Oh. Weird. My, oh, my homework was um, I have to get out of shame jail. Ooh. Yeah. That I've done my sentence and there's no need to stick around in shame jail. Nice. Yeah. Oh, nice. She's so wise. She always makes sense of so many things. I know. I can't stress, I can't stress enough how good therapy is. I think even if you don't have, or you don't think that you have problems, it's so nice to get like a different perspective and to be able to talk to someone without any kind of judgment. I don't know if things have changed over the years um, because I'm not a therapist, but I assume like a- approaches shift and change and the way people learn, including psychologists and social workers changes and evolves over time. But there's something I really noticed and I love, I used to hate therapy because I used to go and 
I would just be asked constantly, how does that make you feel? Why do you think that is blah, blah, blah. And like a deep dive into my totally deranged childhood. So I would feel like I just picked a giant scab and then they'd be like, that's our time. Bye. Bye. And then you'd leave feeling so much worse. Yeah. And I hated it so much. I, I just hated it. And it would be like maybe once out of every 10 visits, I would have a small epiphany and feel like maybe it's worth going back. So it was like this weird intermittent, like positive reinforcement where you're just like, right when you're about to quit therapy, something actually good happens. But now I find, because I know I joked about having a team of therapists, but I actually do have a team literally. Um, so that's fun. But, but now I find that like, it's so cool because it seems now that the angle is more to actually like leave you with a tool, like to focus on something specific and then actually give you a tool. So you have something to walk away with for that week or those two weeks or however long that month. And it's so empowering. You walk away feeling like, Hey, I have a handle on this, or I'm going to have a handle on this because I have some, a, a, a way to deal with it. Um, I don't think you're getting your tea. Did you just look at your calendar? I did because I didn't flip it over. Okay. You just looked at your calendar and said, I don't think you're going to get your tea. This is how my mind works. I'm very. (laughs) uh, Excuse me. uh, October 15th. Okay. Yeah. No, I don't think you're going to get your tea. Yeah. I'm not going to get my tea. You're going to have to do my tea leaves a different day. I guess. Yes. Right. Well, I guess I can release you into your natural habitat. Please release me. Let me go. Thank you guys so much for listening. We are so happy to have you as part of our crazy creative community. Feel free to leave us a five-star review on iTunes because the more reviews we get, the more people know we exist and the bigger this community becomes, which is pretty damn cool. Right, Megan? Exactly. You can follow me on Instagram at Jennifer June Chapman, uh, on Facebook at Jennifer June Chapman. If you want to know when and where my shows and happenings are, if we're ever allowed out of the house again, you can go to my, <laughs> my website, jenniferjunechapman.com. And if you want to learn about all the cool plant-based nutrition coaching business that I'm up to, You can go to sweetvegan.net or follow me on Instagram at underscore sweetvegan underscore. Oh, it's the very important underscore at the end. It is. What about you, Megan? Um, You can follow me on Instagram at author.m.redmile and um, meganredmile.com. And you can find my books on Amazon and um, in a few libraries in Montreal and a bookstore in Knowlton at Brome Lake Books. And I love everybody. <laughs> well, that's a lie. I don't, I, I don't like a lot of books. Okay, I think we should just cut it right there. <laughs> <laughs> I love everybody. So a haunted house for anxious people. Someone jumps out and asks if you remember to turn off the stove. <laughs> You get a text that just says, call me. That's the worst.